morning's scripture is taken from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as the Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, having the, under, having the understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God, through the ignorance that is in them, because of their blindness of their heart. Who, being past feelings, has given themselves over unto lasciviousness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, and have, have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. And that ye put on the new man, which, ap- which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Good morning. What a blessing to be able to share some good news with you this morning. If you could change something about yourself, what would it be? I'm not going to do like Jerry did and ask you to raise your hand and and tell me. But, you know, if you remember a few years ago, and then some of them still may be on television, they had these extreme makeover television shows, the reality shows. Uh, in which a person would be completely made over, you know, from looking like this to looking like that. And they would change their wardrobe. They would give them a new hairdo. They would change their makeup, you know, whatever they, they could do. And, and, and voila, you know, you had, a, you had a new person. Well, not a whole new person. It was primarily a change on the outside. Now, now, you know, I'm sure they felt a little more confident about themselves and felt felt better about themselves on the inside. But, you know, in reality, it's a lot easier to change the outside of a person as opposed to a person's personality or character, which began forming, you know, on the day you were born. In order to become a child of God and have a hope of eternal life, you have to have an extreme makeover. And this makeover is is an inside job, if you know what I mean. This is a character change that you have to go through. Jesus told Nicodemus in chapter 3, verse 3, that if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to be part of the kingdom of God, you've got to be reborn. Now, that is an extreme makeover. And, and, And how do you do that? I mean, I probably haven't told anybody anything new this morning. How? But how do you do that? And that's exactly what Nicodemus asked him. How do you change who you are when who you are has been shaped over your whole lifetime? I mean, is that really even realistic? Is that really even possible? Some people hold on to the proverb that a leopard can't change his spots. You may have even said to someone a time or two, you know, I, 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 just, I can't change who I am. In other words, you know, you are who you are, and that's just how it is. That's the way God made you. You've been influenced by culture. You've been influenced by experiences. You've been influenced by your education and the people around you. Plus, you know, you've been born with a certain DNA that you cannot change. And all of those factors contributed to who you are today. Years ago, I remember meeting my, uh, my son's teacher for one of those teacher-parent conferences. And uh, as soon as, as Kim and I, my wife and I, walked in the room, the teacher said, well, I know whose dad you are. 
And obviously there was a clear resemblance. Now, you know, that was back when I had more hair, obviously, which is why he was able to say that. But, you know, if you've been following the news lately, we live in a time when you can totally transform who you are. You can change your physical appearance with plastic surgery. You can replace genes now with And I'm not talking about the kind you wear gene therapy. And you can even change your gender, so they say. Now, who would have ever thought? There are a lot of significant changes that you can make, and many of us do. But can we change really who we are on the inside? Now, the answer may surprise you. In Ephesians 4, 17 through 19, Paul informed the Ephesian Christians that they needed to change. And we just read this the way they lived because they were living like Gentiles. And and the term Gentiles was a word used to describe in that day evil, ungodly people. And I guess it's still applicable, right? Beginning in verse 20, Paul wrote, but that's not the way you learn Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. So Paul told them, you need to change self You need to change the old self and you need to put on a new one. And he isn't talking about the outside. He's talking about the inside. So what Paul is saying to them is that they not only need to change who they are, but they can change who they are. I mean, he wouldn't say that if you couldn't do it. Paul's formula for change is listed in the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 4.25, and it continues through the end of the letter. And, and to just to give you a brief summarization, he says, you've got to start, start telling the truth. You know, no more lying. And I know all of you did that. You need to stop sinning when you're angry. You need to stop stealing. You, know to, you need to work hard and only say those things that build others up, etc., etc., etc. And then he says in verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor, which means shouting or harsh words and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Maliciousness. Now, you know, if you're like me, you read that and you say, "Okay, I I understand that. But how do you do that? How do you just get rid of bitterness when you're bitter? Uh, It's easy to say I'm going to quit smoking. And a lot of people have probably every smoker that's ever smoked probably said I'm going to quit at some point or another. But we know that it's very difficult and many are unable to do it. But one of the blessings of Scripture is that it doesn't just teach you what to do and what not to do, but it also teaches you how to succeed at it. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, Paul was teaching the Roman church about salvation by grace through faith. And in the last part of verse 5, he wrote these words. God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In other words, 
For those of you who have put your faith in Christ and have been baptized into Christ, God has poured himself into you. Through his spirit. In 1 John 4, 8, it says that God is love. 1 John 4, 16 says the same thing. So when God is poured into you, his love is poured into you. Just think about that for a minute. I mean, God pours himself into you. That's that's almost more than you can comprehend. So when you rise up out of the waters of baptism, you are truly a new creation because God has now entered into your life inside of you. And, and God is quite powerful, you know, to say the least. Remember what Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. He said, for God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and of self-control. Now, that doesn't mean you can be God. Uh, but as you strive to be more like him, as you strive to follow him and, and to rid your life of some of your bad habits and, and, and change unflattering personality traits, the power of God is there to help you succeed at that. So to think you cannot change who you are is not really valid. You can change who you are. God's power makes that possible. It's not, you know, it's not a waving of a magic wand and, and voila, all of your bad habits and personality uh, traits are changed. It isn't instantaneous. Don't, don't, please don't misunderstand. His spirit, however, works in cooperation with your spirit. In other words, this is something you have to work out. But you now have the power you know, and the love and the self-control to make the changes that you want to make and need to make in your life. I mean, it's not impossible to change who you are. In Matthew 12, 43 through 45, Jesus explained what happens when an evil spirit was driven out of a person in the first century who, who failed to truly make an effort to change. He says, when the unclean spirit has gone out of a person that passes through waterless places seeking rest, but finds none. Then it says, I'm going to return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds the house empty, swept and put in order. And then it goes and brings with it seven other spirits more evil than itself. And they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that person is worse than the first. So when you put your faith in Jesus and you rise up out of those waters, uh, your house basically has been swept clean and put in order. Now, the question is, what are you going to put back in it? You know, having your sins washed away is, is, is just the beginning. You've been born again at that point. Uh, now, now it's time to fill your life with good habits and good practices. You know, if you don't. What Jesus was saying is, if you don't, evil is going to creep back in and it'll be even worse than it was before. You know, getting rid of, of, of some of your bad habits is a good start, but you've got to replace them with, with good habits. Otherwise, your bad habits return and your life ends up being worse than it was before. And, and not only will your habits return, but as he says, they will be even more difficult to overcome the second time. Peter warned his audience about false prophets. 
who know the truth but don't practice it. Second Peter 2.20, he says, For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. That's kind of a scary thing, isn't it? It's not enough to just remove the bad. You have to fill the void with good or the bad will return and it will be worse than it was the first time is what he's saying. You know, Paul told the Romans in Romans 12, too, that they need to be transformed by the renewing of their minds. In his letter to the Philippians, chapter 4, 8, 9, he instructed them how to do that. He had he had been encouraging them to imitate him and his attitude toward Christ. And so he wrote this. He said, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. In other words. You have to start thinking differently. This desire to change has to be intentional. It's going to take some effort. You know, the longer you've lived, the more effort it's going to take. It, It begins with taking control of your thoughts. Remember this quote, this little proverb. I've quoted it to you in the past. Watch your thoughts because they become words. Watch your words Because they become actions. Watch your actions because they become habits. Watch your habits because they become character. Watch your character because it becomes your destiny. Your destiny begins with your thoughts. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, chapter 10, verse 15, he was explaining how he was dealing with those who were discrediting him and his ministry. And he said it was like waging a war. But instead of using physical weapons, he, he uses the word of God to destroy arguments and opinions about God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. In other words, Paul's strategy is to capture their thoughts for Christ by convincing them of the truth of Christ. In order to control your thoughts, you must submit your thoughts to Christ. In other words, you must let the word of God indoctrinate you. And we often think of the word indoctrinate as being a bad word, but it's not necessarily a bad word. Fill your mind with God's word. When you do that, you begin to think like God. When you're praying and you're reading on a regular basis and you're letting the spirit work and speak through you and work in you, you begin to think like God. And if you begin to think like God, then you begin to act like God. But and if you don't let God's word indoctrinate you, then the world, the world will indoctrinate you. So can you change who you are? Absolutely. Yes. But not without the help of God. You know, will it be easy? Of course not. You know, when you consider that a person's character is formed over many years, it isn't going to change overnight. It's not like, uh, you know, waving a magic wand. There, there are habits that you, you might be able to change right now. But not, not all of them are going to change in just a day or two or a week or two. Here's some habits you can change right now, though. What do you do on Wednesday nights? 
you know, you could come here for Bible study. A number of us gather here on Wednesday nights for Bible study. Why not start coming to, to Bible study on Wednesday nights and start studying the Bible more, hearing the Word of God more? Are you involved in a life group? You know, there are a number of life groups that meet. They're listed in the bulletin, as a matter of fact, that meet on Sunday, Sunday nights, some even on Sunday afternoons, others during other times during the week. Or you could start your own. Just start your own Bible study with somebody, with a few Christians. Are you involved in any ministries here at the church? You know, why not get involved in a ministry? And if you don't know how to do that, please see me afterwards. I'll be happy to, to tell you. It'll take time to remake your character, but you can change. We've read that. We've heard that. Because God has given you all the tools you need to make the change. He's given you his word, the power of his spirit, his love, and self-control. Emotional sins like bitterness and rage and anger and slander and malice are, are sins that can be overcome. Your mind can be changed. Your personality can be changed to think and act differently. The question is, do you want to change? That's the question. If you want to change, you can. God will help you achieve a complete makeover if that's what you need. But it's not going to happen in one day. It's not going to happen in one week. It's not going to happen in one month or one year. But as you allow the word of God and his spirit to work in your life, it will work proportionately to that. And you can become the person that you want to be and the person God wants you to be. If you begin today, you cannot do it successfully without God's spirit poured into your life. The only way to have God's spirit poured into your life, as I read the scriptures, is that you when you place your faith in Jesus by submitting to him in baptism, when you die to your sin and you you die to yourself. That's when God forgives you of your sin. He removes the sin from your life and pours his spirit into you, pours himself into you. You see, he can't do that until the sins are gone. He can't do that until your sins are forgiven. And then. And then the Spirit of God comes and lives inside of you. And at that point, you can make any change you want to make. So if you want to make that change today, please let us know. There are several ways you can let us know. You can just walk to the front here as we begin singing this next song. Or you can walk to the back. There'll be an elder back there to talk to you, to help you. Or you can just let one of us know privately a little bit later on. Or whenever. You can change who you are. If you will submit your life to Christ, we invite you to do that right now as we stand.